This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash countdown. Let's go to step three. Create strategies. Strategies? Strategies? (laughs) You need to create a strategy. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that was my my Irish uh, heritage just peeking on through. Happy Monday. This is Verbs, and you are listening to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Happy Monday unto you, Courtney and Verbs. How are you? Doing well, Blake. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. Courtney, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am, um, you know, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but very pregnant. I'm kind of on the home stretch here. Today, we're talking a little bit about ideal weeks, which is timely for me because, you know, when you bring a child into the world, like your ideal week, just like, I wish everybody could see my hand motions with that, but... Yeah, you did a magic poof. Like everything gets easier, more simple, exactly. more rested. At least <laughs> yes. if you subscribe to the Courtney Baker approved way of childbirth and child rearing. Exactly. No hiccups, right? Yep. Exactly. And you can be part of that for a small fee of mm-hmm. $5.99 right now. Just hit me up. Venmo me. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Gosh, if that was true, think of how many babies there would be in the world. But no, I think this is going to be a good, um, a great episode and a, a good reminder for me too. just kind of even walking into this new season. So yeah, the idea is that living with people is a challenge, even if you have an ideal child rearing plan, such as Verbs <laughs> and Courtney, even if it's, even if you've got a great person, if you live with roommates, a significant other, living with people, even working with people, if you if your life is really dependent, it's interwoven tightly with someone else, things just get complicated, right? It just gets challenging at some point or another to have things go smoothly. Well, and I think especially as it relates to our ideal week, it's like we, we've we kind of set this thing out. We've said before, you know, your ideal week, you're most likely never going to hit it 100% of the time. You know, like that's not the purpose. It's called the ideal week for a, a reason. Um, but what I find is a lot of times if I was left up to my own devices, I could hit my ideal week. It's all these other people that kind of mess up <laughs> my ideal week. And I kind of want to say like, don't you know? that I have this ideal week. Um, And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I find this with Chase, my husband, you know, that sometimes it can be something simple. Like he has a work engagement. Actually, this happened recently. You know, he had a work engagement, had to be there at 6 a.m. And so it, you know, the whole, especially if you have children, you know, all of a sudden it's like everything that a child needs to get up and function in the world is then on you. And so you've got to totally, it's like everything kind of goes out the window um, from what we normally do. Um, I don't know. Do you guys kind of run into that too? Yeah. Cause they have an ideal week as well. 
it's normally a whole lot different from yours. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a challenge. I think every season brings with it a challenge. I, I feel like for me and my experience, there will be a big change. Maybe it was having a baby and then there's this long adjustment period. Or even at work, for me, I've experienced this where there's competing priorities or there's a dependency that I may have with somebody else. And so I can't do the deep work on the project because I'm waiting on such and such thing, but they're not planning on doing that until later in the week. And then it can, I, you know, I think the danger with this is not addressing it or addressing the wrong thing, learning the wrong thing from that frustration. Like this person just doesn't get it, or this person's inconsiderate, or I can't work with this person, or I can't live with this person. That's not really the lesson. I think in all of our cases, it's it's more a function of the plan, the tool that we're trying to use to coordinate our lives right. together. So Blake, would you say, is it possible to just create a better plan so we don't fall in that mindset of, hey, everybody else, you're messing up my week. What can we do? <laughs> what can we do to just create a better plan in general? Well, I have tried that verbs extensively. I've tried telling people <laughs> just how much better than them I am. And you know what? Some people just aren't, they can't see the light. So and by the way, listen, Blake is actually joking. Yes. He's, he's joking. <laughs> he's being very no, maybe sarcastic well, there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 60 40, you know. <laughs> I do think though, verbs, I'm glad you asked. That's the purpose of this episode, is we want to talk about that. How do you plan better? And if you've ever used our ideal week tool, we've referenced this phrase ideal week, it's actually in the full focus planner, this tool to design your life and create a recipe for success every week, you can actually expand that tool to encompass the people that your life is inextricably linked to. So maybe it's a spouse, a roommate, family, uh, a business partner, you can actually build an a shared ideal week. If you are out there and you've you've still you've never tried the full focus planner, maybe you've like held off, maybe you're listening to more of this podcast to find out more. We actually have a free resource um, to do an ideal week. Um, and you can do that even if you don't have the planner. You can find that at fullfocusplanner.com slash ideal week. And the really cool part about getting your ideal week set up and then syncing it, you know, collaborating with, you know, whoever you're living with. Again, we've we've said spouses, it could be a roommate, it could be your coworkers, but really syncing up your ideal week at the end of it, you're going to feel more connected and supported by those relationships, which I think is a really helpful outcome across the board. Cuz like you said, Blake, what you don't want is this like underlying tension of like you are messing me up, you know? Uh, that's not really good for anybody. Agreed. That's a recipe for disaster. I would agree as well. I mean, especially with the year we've had and everything seeming so uncertain anyway, you know, we're trying to cling to those things that we can kind of count on as anchors and stability. So when people, when others mess with our weeks, you know, we feel some some sort of way about that kind of thing. But what do you suggest or what are some practical ways that we could actually integrate our ideal week with, let's say, another person's, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a roommate, or even maybe a business partner? So I think we should say before we get into this, that this was actually, this episode was a request from one of you, our listeners, about how to do this well once you have an ideal week. 
you know, how do you make sure those relationships closest to you are on board, you know? And the first step of this, I think, is really key. And I think a lot of times we miss this one. It kind of seems obvious, but so important. The first step is to communicate your non-negotiables. And what I mean by non-negotiables are just the parts of your ideal week that are most important to you. And, you know, obviously it's an ideal week. We call it that for a reason, but there are certainly parts of it that are more important to you than other parts of it. Some of them are like, this is nice, but not critical. And so the first step is like figuring out what those are for you and then communicating it to those relationships that it would be important to be in sync on. Exactly. So a couple non-negotiables that my wife and I discovered when we first tried to integrate each other's ideal weeks was I had to be at my desk at work, or if I was working from home, I had to be in work mode by 8.50. And the reason was because I have calls scheduled at nine. Not every day, but we wanted to plan as if that was a possibility every day. So I needed to be there. Otherwise, I miss calls. Uh, I get fired. Courtney loses a <laughs> podcast co-host, which may be the greatest tragedy of it all, right? And then we're on the street. And so my wife was like, I agree. Let's not end up on the street. Let's get you to work at that time. But can I share a non-negotiable for me then? Because for her, she works a, a freelance, but she also is the primary caretaker of our daughter while I'm at the office for the sustained amount of time. And Courtney, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to some extent in any uh, mom or dad that is the primary caretaker for a toddler for hours on end. It is an undertaking. So she communicated what would be really helpful for me or, you know, I think the way that she phrased it, and this is, I think, a tool for you listening, is it feels like if this doesn't happen, the rest of my day is just downhill. It just, it tanks, right? This is very important to me. And for my wife, it was, I need at least 30 minutes or more, ideally 45 minutes, where I can just be, my wife says it this way, where I can be a person. <laughs> In other words, before I go to work. <laughs> Can I take a shower? Can I take a moment to do some journaling? Can I just orient myself to the day and have some alone time without you or our, our daughter having needs uh, on my time or my resources at that time? Can you give that to me? That would be a non-negotiable. I'd love to accommodate you, know, you getting to work on time, but let's actually, kids, you do X, Y, and Z so that I have that time in the morning. When we finally synced up on that, it was a great example of this person is is making my life hard or being a parent is just too hard and it's so complicated to all of a sudden it was, I mean, I hesitate to say it was overnight, but it, it kind of was. When you fix your plan, when you fix the mechanism or the tool that you're doing something, it really has an impact right away. And we experienced that the first week we did that. It wasn't flawless, but it was like, whoa, we like each other a lot more at the end of the week than we did. And we have more energy. So um, that's just one example in my life of a, you know, a non-negotiable exchange. Well, I think what's really key about what you said is 
when you were saying like, I really have to be in work mode by 8.50, you, you didn't just say like, I have to be in work mode at 8.50. You said like, I don't, you know, I don't want to lose my job. And you were probably being sarcastic, but mm-hmm. you did, um, you know, focus on how it helps the other person, you know, and I think that's what's really key is by saying, hey, you know, my day feels totally wrecked if I don't get to work out in the morning. And, you know, that's going to make me when I get done with my workout, I'm going to be totally ready, you know, to help get our daughter ready. I'm going to be a happier person. You know, I'm going to do all these other things that really puts it in light of how it helps the person that you're talking about. Everybody wants to know, and I hate that this is true, but everybody wants to know what's in it for them. Um, so if you can spin your non-negotiables that way, uh, you're going to be like golden. Take it from the chief marketing officer. You want to <laughs> you want to communicate to what people want. So step one, communicate your non-negotiables. Step two is prioritize supporting your partner. So this goes right in line with what you were just saying, Courtney. You want to talk through each of your partner's non-negotiables and really consider how can I support them in that? Courtney, you mentioned working out. Uh, can you, is there any other examples you can think of of either you supporting Chase or vice versa going well or maybe not going so well? <laughs> well, I, I actually, I do. It's funny. That was one of my examples is like, I just know I need to work out every morning before I get into my mm-hmm. day. And, you know, where that gets challenging is a lot of times I do that outside of my house, you know, like I'll go out and do it, even if it's just like on a walk or, you know, in non-2020 years, I like to actually go to the gym, you know, those kind of things. But it becomes challenging when he has to leave really early, then I like basically don't get that time outside of the house. And honestly, in 2020, being outside of the house, um, for me specifically, being pregnant is like, I don't know, like a dream, like all the music goes off, you know, like, I just feel like I'm in this house. I've been in this house so much this year. And one thing that we are doing this year, and and one way he's helping kind of support me is by getting as a better, you know, set up here in our house so that if it is a day where I can't go out, you know, it's not like the whole day is ruined. I have, you know, this great setup upstairs, um, even to the point, which I can't use it for a while have are getting a peloton we've turned into those fancy yeah so i'll keep you posted on that everyone (laughs) um but i think you know the key is and and one thing i really appreciate from chase is like if it's a non-negotiable for me you know it feels like a non-negotiable for him um and vice versa i want to do the same you know he you know in the morning likes to get his coffee journal and read, you know, that's kind of like his thing. And I want to make sure that he's able to prioritize that as well. I think for both of us, those are non-negotiables. Courtney and Blake, as we talk, as we talk through this, I'm just listening and wondering how um, this sort of dynamic or what this sort of dynamic can look like between, let's say, people that are business partners who kind of depend on each other to get work done. Um, and what does it look like to actually prioritize them in this, in this situation? 
I think this starts with getting clear on your goals. So if you're working in a business, you've got to get clear on the goals of what you're trying to accomplish for clients or whatever else, your individual roles. And you probably wouldn't want to use business speak with a significant other, but the truth is it's the same kind of principle, mm. right? If the mm -hmm. goal of my marriage is connection with my wife, if the goal of us being parents is to see our daughter grow up healthy and reach her potential and have joy in life, that really frames what our non-negotiables are. Right. It's hard to discuss those non-negotiables in reaction to client problems, I think. So I think I would probably start with your goals, but to your question more specifically, something that I've found that works is clarifying with your business partner, okay, here are the goals. Here's what we've agreed I'm supposed to be doing. And so in order to crush those goals, here's what I think I've got to do. Do you agree? Could you see this going better for me one way or the other? I have a, a boss, Chad, and I've got agreed upon goals. We're not equal partners. He's my boss, but even so, I run my ideal week past him because he has more experience than me. He he knows our business better than I do. Mm -hmm. And he, I know that he value, we both are going after the same thing. And it's interesting, we just had a one-on-one a -on -one right before this recording and I was sharing, here's my process. And he said, oh, well, why don't you do it this way? You'd probably save some time and get that result even faster. And so I think that there's that same, you know, you can cultivate that with a business partner the same way you would a significant other, which right. is clarify the goals and then share, here's my plan. And then what do you see? Similarly, it's like you want to value the other person's thoughts or opinions. So like, do you agree? Right. What, what do you think, Courtney? Well, I was just reminded, um, and I guess we should say this for every relationship, that you probably don't want to go into it and saying like, hey, here's my ideal week and here are my non-negotiables. Um, <laughs> because they're yeah. probably right out of the gate going to be like, uh, excuse me. Um, so maybe don't use those words exactly. Yeah, I think part of it is just following these steps. I think they're really similar to any important relationship in your life. And we've always encouraged anybody listening to share their ideal week with people they work with. It's so helpful to know, you know, somebody on my staff that is really committed to, you know, picking up a child from school each day and um, that that's really important for them and how they're they've set up their ideal week around that, mm -hmm. but it allows me to also prioritize that for them. You know, I'm going to be mindful of, Hey, if I've got to call them about an issue to try to get it in before they're going to go do those things. So again, I think just following these steps is really going to be, be the key to that as well. You need to create a strategy for problem areas. That's step three create strategies for problem areas. So this is this is an important next step because what you may find when you compare notes is my non-negotiables conflict with your non-negotiables. What mm. what do you do in that case? <laughs> Fight it out. Yeah, challenge arm wrestle. to a duel. Best 2 out of 3 Coin flip. thumb wars. Yeah. Okay. So an example of this, and this has happened uh, maybe in my household, maybe not. Um, but especially once you get, like you lay out when you want your evening ritual to begin, 
And so I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to change, you know, I'm going to change my evening ritual. And, you know, it's going to start at like nine o'clock and there's this whole process, you know, I've got my steps I'm going to do. And my husband turns on the TV and has got the, you know, Atlanta Braves game on. And you would think I would just be like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to continue on with my evening ritual, but I get sucked in to it. And so it's like his like process of like, I'm going to watch this, you know, I'm going to sit here and chill and relax and then kind of get on with my, it's like our times are off. You know what I mean? And so again, you would hope that I would just be like strong enough to keep going. The truth is, you know, I also love baseball and want to watch the game. And so it just blows the whole thing up. I get it. I love watching the Braves lose as well. I mean, this oh, is very satisfying. Gosh. Oh, it's very satisfying. It Why? Uh, there may or may not have been a big game here recently. Yeah. That's very painful. Very painful. This is important because if you feel stuck, sometimes it stops there. And you go, well, this tool isn't going to work for us. Let's move on. But then you're just stuck with the same problem that you you already had. So if you feel stuck, I think the, your perspective is huge. The questions that you ask when you reach that point with the person in your life where you, you're trying to integrate an ideal week, the questions that you ask are key here. For instance, why can't you just do X, Y, and Z? Not a great question. <laughs> right? Or... Why do these tools work for everybody else, but they won't work for us? Your brain's actually going to try to answer that. Well, it's not going to work for us because we're so special and we're so busy and we have 14 kids and whatever. <laughs> and if you do have 14 kids, okay, you get a pass. But for the rest of us, I think a better question is where this starts. I learned this one from Michael Hyatt. Uh, he has a, a lesser known podcast you might have heard of, but... Um, he asked this question, what would need to be true? What would have to be true for us to get that result? Yeah. So in this scenario, what would need to be true for both of us to have our non-negotiable? And now all of a sudden you're using your creative powers mm -hmm. to your advantage. You're setting your brain there, you know, to, to go, okay, what would have to be true for us to both have our non-negotiable? I mean, I can think of some stories in in my own life, but I don't. I don't want to. Verbs or Courtney, have you had experience with that? When I just had a thought, just when you were saying that, is you know, especially in a year like the one we've been having, where things can change, you know, week to week. Just the pre work that goes into communicating that with you know whoever, whatever that relationship is, if it's a spouse, you know, sitting down during your your weekly preview time and saying, hey, what needs to be true in order for this week to happen the way we would like for it to happen, what needs to be true for both of us. So, cause you know, things have been changing frequently. And so we may not, we may not be doing that first step as great as we like to be as far as communicating those things. So I think um, part of that strategy is, you know, checking in on a weekly basis to say, Hey, what, what needs to be true for you to be able to, you know, work out early in the morning or for me to, once I'm done with work, I take over with the kids. So you can just have some you know, human time and that sort of thing. But I think that's that's part of the pre-work maybe that goes into it, which could be a strategy in itself of, 
heading a week off at the pass before it gets too far into it and you realize this is not going the way I ideally wanted it to go. So Yeah. Well, I honestly feel like for most people, they probably just give up on this mm. before they've even yeah. even tried. You know, they they look at it and they're like, that's not possible. You know, like that's not, you know, and I think really leveraging the power of you and the people that you're closest in relationship to, you know, regardless of if that's your roommate or your partner, your spouse, you know, whatever that relationship looks like, I think together using this question is really powerful. It opens up a whole other mindset to problem solve here. And I think you would be surprised what you can come up with when you just try, you know, in giving up before you've tried is really the problem here usually. Right. So we got to create strategies for those problem areas. Don't be afraid of them. Be honest about them, but approach them with a healthy, open-minded perspective. Step four, you want to execute, evaluate, and adapt your plan. So you've created a plan. You've created some strategies for problem areas. Now it's time to give it a shot, to give it a real try. And I know for me, I struggle sometimes with this is the rest of my life type of thinking. Like if I if we do this, then I'll get sucked away and I won't be able to escape this new pattern of our life. Or maybe it's something, maybe you experienced this, Courtney, where I want to get this right on the first try mm -hmm. and there's some emotional significance to that. It's just like in our hard wiring or our personalities. So something that's been helpful for me with this step in particular is to treat this as an experiment, to treat tweaking your ideal week like it's an experiment. It's not a live or die situation. It's it's not a life sentence. If you get it wrong, that's actually okay. The point of an experiment is to evaluate a hypothesis, right? To test that out. So th that to me is just a a really key perspective if you're going to try your ideal week, as well as if you're trying to convince a spouse or a business partner or someone to to do this, to go, all right, we need to get up at 6 a.m. starting tomorrow and for the rest of our life. Like it's just <laughs> not going to go as well as, yeah. hey, what if we tried this week as an, you know, what if as an experiment we tried X, Y, and Z? I think that that helps uh, alleviate some anxiety for your, for your own self, plus those people around you, because if you could happen to be someone who experiments frequently, then, uh, you know, that that lets them know out of the gate, hey, we're going to try this out. It may be successful. It may hit some bumps in the road, but at least we know it's not a forever thing quite yet. But we can take the best out of what works. Yeah, I love that. And I love verbs. You kind of already mentioned this, but, you know, making sure that you evaluate it, you know, to take the time at the end of the week to review it together. Um, you know, that could just be part of your weekly preview if you do that of together um, and then just ask yourself, you know, what you want to keep doing, what you want to improve, start doing and stop doing. And if that sounds familiar, that's straight from your weekly preview process. And so that basically you're going to apply that specifically to your ideal week. I remember at the start of the third quarter this year, treating an ideal week as an experiment was key for my family. I've probably mentioned it on our show before, but it is not a one and done type of conversation and lifestyle change when you're collaborating with somebody else. 
And if you remember, third quarter this year was a little unusual. So something that we did was we changed up our schedules. When am I going to come home from the office? When am I going to go back to work? So on and so forth. And, you know, one of the challenges was I'm in a role where I've really got to spend time doing work because it, you know, it has an effect on our family's livelihood. But meanwhile, my wife had her non-negotiables. She had her own work to do. But on top of that was the primary caregiver to our daughter. And so it was make one small adjustment, come back. Uh, we do our weekly preview on Sunday. So it was next Sunday, like, okay, let's make another adjustment until we finally found a groove of when you're going to be primary parent, when I'm going to be primary parent, and then asking questions. Just an example for me, it was a seasonal thing, but I recognized, you know what, I can do most of the admin work that clogs my daytime workday in the evening. Normally, I don't like working evenings, but for this season, it's unique. I could actually come home two hours earlier in my workday, and then after my daughter goes to sleep, just blast through admin distraction-free and that was just, you know, it's not a forever change, but it was an iterative change that really made a difference in the goals of our family, which was health and connection and surviving a pandemic. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it, it was certainly, certainly helpful. So if you're here and you're listening and you're having trouble achieving your ideal week because of the loved ones in your life, the problem isn't a person. It's your plan. Together, you can collaborate to create a shared ideal week by communicating your non-negotiables, prioritizing your partner, creating strategies for problem areas, and executing, evaluating, and adapting your plan. So Courtney, Blake, any more final thoughts for our focus on this team? Verbs, I was sure you were gonna say the steps were just stop, collaborate, and listen. Man, <laughs> I missed the opportunity right there. That was I'm there for you, it was up. laying. The cookies were on the bottom shelf. <laughs> I think my final thought is for those of you whose significant other or roommate or business partner just is not interested in the full focus planner that you love and advocate for, maybe you wish they could get on board and they will get on board someday. I promise. They'll see the light. Courtney, <laughs> Courtney will get to them. But yes. what do you do in the mean what do you do in the meantime? And I would encourage you, don't feel the burden to make every part of the system work for them overnight, but just start by taking interest in what interests them and let that lead to using this as a third-party tool. So asking them, hey, I want to make your life better can you let me know like what on the good days what's going right what do you get and on the bad days like what's missing what do you need day to day week to week to feel your best to do your best to accomplish the goals that you are trying to hit let me know i want to i want to know that and starting from that place is going to set you up to have a conversation about a tool like the ideal week so that's my final thought I think that's so good and so wise. I love approaching it like that. I think it's it's really key. And I am really excited. I hope those of you in the community will share, you know, if you've got any tips or tricks of how you've had these conversations that you will share them with everybody else. Thanks for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember the hashtag focus on this podcast. We'll be here next week with another great episode. 
And until then, <laughs> stay, stay focused. focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash countdown.